Rarely do we get a glimpse inside the humans behind these brands we know so well, and Adam connects them flawlessly. Engaging questions, genuine conversation, and it shows us the why behind the marketing we see in our daily lives. A recent review here from Mountain Dweller 11. So thanks, Mountain Dweller 11. And if you'd like to leave a review of the show, maybe I'll read yours next. All right, on with it. You ever just not able to find quite the right thing to wear? Granted, right now, that might mean picking between pairs of sweatpants, but you've been there before. That's why I've brought on two co-founders who have found a seasonless solution for their clothing and their careers on today's Authentic Avenue. A-Day, a brand crafting investment-grade, technical, seasonless apparel. Meet co-founders and co-CEOs Meg He and Nina Fallhaber. To them, being seasonless is not only a characteristic of their clothing, but also an integral part of finding their calling. Today, I chat with Meg and Nina about why they founded A-Day and how they translate the benefits of their wardrobes to the ways in which they do business. And if you listen to the end, I've got a discount code for you. So clean out your closet and enjoy as I get real with A-Day through Meg He and Nina Fallhaber. All right, full disclosure at the very top of this conversation. I wear clothes. I'm not an expert in clothes. So this became really interesting when I found a brand that describes their stuff as technical and seasonless, two adjectives that I have no idea how to attach to clothing, and I don't even know how to link any of that to authenticity. The good news is that I have the founders of the brand here today. I have Meg, he, and Nina Fallhaber. Nina, Meg, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you so much for having us. We're great today. Lovely to be here. Glad to hear it. Can you tell me the story of why you founded this technical, seasonless clothing brand, what it's all about? Uh, I'll play a little bit ignorant here because I'm not quite sure what that all means, but you're the experts. You tell me and tell us. For sure. We'll shed some light on it. Um, a day or a day as a lot of Americans like to pronounce it. Um, was founded by Meg and myself in London, um, and then we moved to New York, and we were founded um, not because we we actually also didn't know anything about fashion um, when we started the brand, so it wasn't founded because we knew a lot or we were very fashionable. But it was more founded founded out of a passion. Um, we're both Meg and myself were tired of our wardrobes of stuff that we would kind of wear and throw away at the end of the season and we were what we were longing for was a wardrobe of a few simplified easy pieces made from comfortable functional fabrics and designed in like a really beautiful way so we could wear these pieces anywhere anytime and like literally never throw them away so the technical seasonless and all the things aspect here is that um, our wardrobe is one that does more with less and it feels, um, it feels and it looks so beautiful. You literally want to keep it for your entire life. Got it. Okay. So this is the kind of thing where, you know, I hate having to transition between this kind of clothing and that kind of clothing and the other thing. Why can't I just have a few pieces that just work all the time? That's basically what you're going for here. Basically that's it. Well, that I understand. 
And it seems like the market has as well. It doesn't take long to see all of the accolades that you uh, two and A-Day have, uh, have racked up, whether it be appearances in mass media, whether it be your appearance on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, whether it be uh, other lists that uh, people like Fast Company and Goldman put out there and Business Insider and all these wonderful people. Um, so I guess that the, the next question here is, is your definition of authenticity similar to that timeless evergreen um, uh, reflection of things or is there another definition for that word that you two personally hold because my guess is that your inspiration to start this brand and you're thinking of how to stay true to yourselves through it uh, has influenced a lot so can we start there just to get a if I opened the dictionary for Nina and Meg and I look under that word what does it say? I think that it really, you know, the point of authenticity is that it's supposed to be something different for each of us, right? But it's meant to be something that's easy and effortless. And that's definitely something that conveys through to our product. Um, but what this means is that, you know, there's nothing that's artificial. There's nothing that's put in place just because, you know, we read a good marketing book or a good business book that said so. Um, and I think if you look at our backgrounds, um, we, the way we met in investment banking at Goldman Sachs, there was actually a lot in that environment that didn't fully agree with us. And I think in that opportunity to start a company um, and to hire people who also really believed in the mission of what we were creating, this new and better wardrobe, that's really where that authenticity kind of came from. The opportunity for all of us to build here something together that was mission-driven um, and really embodied this kind of perfect paradise that we believed in, which was our definition and that authenticity. And it didn't really have to be about, say, FaceTime or bureaucracy. And the products could really be of that special quality that we really kind of cared about. And it could be also, you know, have um, a very transparent and sustainable supply chain and all of these things were things that we had previously struggled to you know find in the market but it's very authentic to us and it's also very easy to us and I think that would be our definition. So if I think about this authenticity as something which should come naturally should come easily you just kind of know it when you see it and feel it how did you uh, drum up interest in this brand to start? Because I very rarely associate starting something new or hearing a journey of starting something new with being easy. So what parts of it were that easy at first and which were the biggest challenges as you brought this uh, clothing with, I would say, no specific objective in mind to market? Easy is, um, yeah, certainly, certainly founding journeys are not easy. I think what was easy is as it relates to authenticity. Um, that was easy for us because, and I think like generally speaking, oftentimes as you'll find with startups is that it is easier for a startup to be authentic than it probably is for a very gigantic company because the starting point um, is very kind of closely intertwined and interrelated with the founders and like what they um, saw in the market, opportunities saw in the market, what they needed. And in our case, it was very, very easy in a sense to be authentic because we created um, ADA and the, the product for two reasons. And the first of them was that we literally wanted to wear this kind of clothing and we couldn't find it in the market. And the second one is that we had this vision for a brand that was all about um, great product design and longevity and 
keeping the pieces and being and versatility and not fast fashion and you know changing the way actually fashion and the industry works and that also was very authentic because it can truly came from our hearts so in that sense that was easy um and that is still very easy today to to believe in that and like stand behind that um i think the part that clearly isn't easy is when you start a company is how to do it and how to grow it and all of that there's um there is it's easy in the beginning to tell your friends about it and your friends of friends and your friends of friends and it spreads and the mission spreads and then as it comes to sort of like scaling that story and scaling authenticity and scaling um the product and really bringing it to other uh, other to more people than just the early kind of organic or adopters um you gotta um think about how to do that in like a really smart strategic way you have to be innovative you have a team that um thinks about ideas and so that's what we're working on every day at the moment and i'm sure we're going to dive deeper into it i i hope that you do and, and it's for your consumer sake as well as yours i want to ask one more question in this vein in in this line because it seems like you hold in high priority that sense of being minimalistic and simple elegant timeless now how I'm, I'm curious as you've built this brand what it's taught you about what it means to build any brand i've found that founders and those in startups and disruptors have competitive advantages over industry mainstays not only because they're more agile in the way that they change their business models the way in which they communicate the way in which they go to market but also because there are certain things that they just don't worry about that some of the giants do so when it comes to taking that simple feel and applying it to your business where do you think there have been some of those areas where you just haven't had to either worry or overinvest your time where your competitors might have to, giving you an advantage? You know, having that very simple concept, whether I think, you know, products take a little bit longer to produce, but when we're launching new initiatives, say on our website, you know, uh, we recently like launched this new quiz where, you know, you can um, just, it's, it's, it's a little BuzzFeed, like it's kind of more on the fun side than on the serious side. And you pick a number of pictures and then eventually it's, you know, suggests a set of series of first um, products and outfit for you to kind of start your shopping journey at. And it's really fun. I think the last question is really about which puppy do you prefer? Um, but that's the sort of thing where, you know, our initial kind of minimal viable product for it really took just a couple of days and then we were able to get it up. And what we're able to do after that is just, you know, to revise it every day or two by looking at the statistics and seeing like, here's a bit where we could optimize and here's another bit where we could optimize. And we see um, a lot of larger companies where it would take, you know, much longer than that, a lot of consumer testing, making sure that, you know, no part of the audience is going to be offended by that, where, you know, for us, this is meant to be something that's easy and fun. And, you know, back to the original definition of what is authentic, it's something that's simple. It's something that, you know, feels fun and effortless. I think the moment it becomes a little bit too difficult, that's at which point, like, maybe we've overthought this, maybe it's effortless no longer. Um, but I think there are many parts of our marketing that we're particularly proud of. Um, one is actually an email. And it's very interesting to us sometimes because uh, we will notice a number of people from certain marketing teams of um, like 
multi-billion dollar companies who are signed up to our marketing list and sometimes they accidentally send us like one of their messages instead saying like oh i noticed this company and they're doing such and such thing in marketing so it really shows that bigger companies do see you know the smaller things that we are doing um and how interesting and different it is for them that that is a really i mean of course probably sent inadvertently but a really nice sort of way to see behind the curtain a little bit right it's just, oh, okay. These other folks who we're competing against, they, they see us, they notice us. Maybe they're a little bit uh, either jealous or worried or nervous or feel threatened. And that's all good, I would assume, for you uh, to be able to do that. So that's a cool story. When's the first time that you saw something like that? I mean, what, what did you just figure it was a mistake or was it like a cool feeling? Because that hasn't happened to me before. Uh, I'm sure it's just a matter of time, but honestly, it's. I think it's uh, always a good okay. feeling, right? It's a lot of flattery and imitation. Um, it happened, I think, for the first time, definitely in like the first couple of months. But I mean, in all honesty, we learn so much from every company around us, whether they're big or small. And I'm happy that people are also learning from us. So I, you know, we really think of this as a market that we're all growing together and especially you know when we think about consumers there's so many people out there who really need to be educated about what more clothing can do that clothing can be so much more versatile have so many more properties um so we're all kind of helping the market with better marketing hopefully and the other kind of take on this is the I think, and we we also we found this in real life moments too. So we did, for example, a pop up in Port in Portland, and Portland is a hub for technical clothing companies, and the pop up was packed with people from all kinds of brands um, headquartered in Portland. And um, I think, as a small company, you know, Meg talked about the marketing part on the product side. Um, the advantage you really have on the you know how to be timeless simplicity and like i have this kind of you know that that like north star really take this as an as an advantage is that you you're just able to focus so much more and yes we may not have the resources right right yes we may not have the same kind of um you know in-house sampling or like fabric r&d or fabric development and this and that like we may not have the resources but we do have the few resources we have we know exactly what we want to um, achieve and what we want to create um, and we are able to be hyper hyper focused to create a product and a pr product design essentially that is um, super duper unique and differentiated and I think like as we think about scaling in bigger companies we really admire the companies that have really really honed in on like specific products and not gone overboard um, and become too broad and like stand for nothing really anymore so, I mean, there's obviously on the very big, you can even kind of think about Apple, right? They don't have that many products that are, um, they're really known for. And, um, or on the fashion side, like a DVF, where still the wrap dress is like their number one, um, their number one um, item and has become, like, they're just so known for that. So, um I think you have that as an advantage as a small company, but then you can also learn from big companies that have scaled in that way by really being focusing on really being great at something. I want to ask about the different ways in which you are, uh, I would say, going to market, but reflecting this, this simplicity and authenticity throughout the brand. And the reason why, because it's a little shtick on this show, to get inside a brand's head and yours as well, 
on the different ways in which you believe that you're being most authentic, perhaps externally to me, somebody on the street, somebody who could see a day in the market and who is perhaps shopping for that sort of clothing. This is what I would call the avenues to that authenticity, but I'm curious in which when you think to yourself, a day is being its most authentic in this moment or with this thing, or if you can think back to a time when you were being as authentic as you could be, you know, it might be a weird way to think about it. What are those? We once had a man write into customer experience. And so we only produce women's clothing at the moment. And he wrote to us that he had gone on a date with a woman recently who was wearing some AA leggings. Um, and on the date, they were in San Francisco and they had gone for a hike in Marin County in north of San Francisco. And the date was going really well. So then they decided to go and visit some people in LA. And they hopped on a flight to LA and like they had drinks in LA and they kind of stayed the night. And then, and then they came back to San Francisco like the next day. And she was like super comfortable and she had a lot of time, but it was her outfit that really helped her be super versatile throughout it. And he had kind of heard of um, us as a brand and he thought that this was like a really uh, great example of what our clothing could do. Wow. So, okay, let me get this straight. First off, and of course, I'm, I'm sure you responded to that gentleman just like you would respond to anybody, even though you're not making clothes directly for him. First thing that jumps to my mind is like, that sounds like a two-day date. Yeah, it went very date. well. <laughs> I must have gone very well. So then for 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 me, then it's it's what, I, what it sounds like is you know that you're being your most authentic when you are hearing people tell you exactly what you've been trying to put out to the market that, yes, you're right. What you think with how versatile this clothing is, how it's adaptable to all sorts of situations and doesn't need to be replaced based on any given criteria... When you're hearing that directly from either consumers or those who are aware of your consumers, that's when you're being the most authentic that you can be. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And it's when people give us examples of how we've made their lives easier or how, wow, I never knew that my clothing could do this, that we are really kind of elevating their clothing to something that they never thought would exist before, you know, whether it's from like the um, hand touch of the fabric. They're like, wow, I never knew that recycled fabric could, you know, feel like this before. A lot of consumers think that, you know, recycled fabrics has to feel very plasticky and uncomfortable to, you know, I never knew that, you know, something so comfortable could, you know, look so stylish and allow me to kind of speak at this presentation or whatever. I think it's these sorts of customer stories, which, you know, it's a little bit hard sometimes to even pinpoint exactly like, I feel like every time we give an example, it's almost like, you know, we're making the universe a little bit too small because it's really our customer who is defining that, you know, universe of how our clothing can be used day after day in a better way. And I, and I think it's, um, you know, our authentic starting point was where Uma and Meg and I, um, I'm using the word authenticity again. To, we're using it a lot. That's all right. We like to use the word, but our starting point was we, we wanted this kind of stuff for ourselves um but then very quickly realized you know we weren't doing it for us we were doing it for so many other people and to Meg's point I mean these quotes from customers we get them in all the time and we are 100% direct to consumer meaning our CX team as well as lots of people on the team we talk to our customers every single day and we get um so many inquiries per order I think Meg has the number of how many you get essentially per 
per per order and um people are writing like things like i'm reading on yeah you're here so yeah you're here and even better you're not just a brand you're a life philosophy um or like it is more than just clothing it's a lifestyle a way of living it's a way of living that my sister and i represent to the fullest and this came from like a 70 plus year old year old woman um another one your mission spoke to me so deeply you completely understand me like these kind of quotes are just i mean the entire team we want to we want to bow to our customers and we're so grateful and happy and realize that this has now just become so much bigger than ourselves. And then similarly, I think there's the customer, you know, we're really doing it for them, but then also our team. So our team is now a hundred percent, it's still a hundred percent women from all sorts of places and walks of life. And everyone kind of joined it, many of them from bigger companies, some straight out of university um, and every every single one joined it because of a passion because they're so passionate about what we're doing and like what we're creating really together as a team so hearing our team kind of speak back to us about how passionate they are about this bigger purpose is another way when we feel really really the most authentic because we're realizing you know we're not just creating a product we're not just creating a brand it's really it's like it's a it's something that's just so much becomes so much bigger than ourselves and it makes us so happy because that's exactly what we um what we want it to be yeah but what, what, what we think should exist in the world the kind of culture the kind of brand the kind of mission um that we're really focused on and i think that you know this person wrote in after a two-day date is sort of illustrative of a lot of the message we get are mostly after like a pinnacle moment and um you know one of the ways that we see this is that it is clothing, but it's also really about the memories and the experiences. And I think especially, you know, in today's day and age, a lot of people are, you know, leaning away from owning things. You know, they care less about objects, but they really care about the experiences and the memories that are happening. And so it's often a lot of people who are like, wow, this happened and I was wearing my A-Day and it was super awesome. And I was never able to do that before. Or, you know, um, a lot of people love to wear our clothing on trips because it's so easy to pack. It's so lightweight. And, you know, maybe they're on the honeymoon or they are, you know, visit Europe for the first time. And that's a special memory for them. And they're also wearing their A-Day. So I do think that, you know, it's not just about clothing. It's also about kind of memories and experiences, as well as that, you know, the clothing is so versatile. So um, all of those things really come together to form a memory in someone's mind. And that's why it's authentic. Now, when we are creating, um, when we're thinking about what to um, talk to our customers about next, kind of, you know, you can think of it as like, campaigns brand campaigns marketing campaigns and stuff what actually often happens is that instead of kind of like coming up with a campaign that's like completely invented and like you know artificial like use that word earlier um we oftentimes our campaigns are just a natural extension of um what our customers are telling us or like what we're working on anyways so for example we just launched um um, an outfit repeater challenge and then a campaign around an investment series and an outfit repeater challenge is essentially we know from our customers they tell us they wear our pants three days straight or like 72 hours and from a flight to there to there so our customers constantly tell us how much more they wear their a day than they wear any other clo- brand brand of clothing in their closet so the challenge outfit repeater challenge is talking about how outfit repeating is actually a much more sustainable way of wearing clothing because you know a lot of a lot of clothes in your wardrobe are not worn and just hanging out there um and by repeating and bringing the cost per wear down 
you can kind of like a save money, but then also be um, yeah, have a much more sustainable way of, of wearing things. And similarly, the investment series we just launched is all about um, the idea of investing in pieces and wearing them a lot and them also keeping them for a long time. And that's exactly what our customers are telling us. They told us in surveys and whatnot that on average, they, you know, they keep their brand, brands X years and, uh, and a day they keep much, much longer. There's many more people who are planning to keep it or and expecting to keep a day for um, four plus years or um, probably lifetime. And this would certainly make their ownership of clothing easy, which it sounds like is the entire point. And for you, when you hear these, these pieces of feedback, comments, messages, wherever you may find them, I'm sure closer to the beginning of your journey, it felt great because it was a nice endorsement of what you were doing. But now that you are uh, more matured and developed in the market, it's a way to uh, be an endorsement of your ongoing efforts of are we staying true to the message in ourselves over time, similar to the way that our clothes uh, stay true to their form over time and become investment grade quality as a result. That seems an easy way to uh, measure authenticity, at least in my eyes. And though our listeners may not have the easiest way to measure their own authenticity, I do want to use this last question to ask both of you for advice. And the reason why I want to do that is because the people who listen to this show are brand builders, whether they're working at a large brand, maybe even in the apparel industry, or they are uh, prospective founders of something. They are typically emulating the paths that you both and that our guests take. And they're always looking for ways to figure out, well, how do I cement my personal truth or my brand's truth? How do I forge that path to authenticity? Now, it seems that you've been able to do that. You have a pretty well-defined definition of what it means. You have pretty great examples, including that one striking example of the two-day date of it showing up in your consumers. And so I'd be curious to know from you as a way to round this out, for somebody who isn't there yet, how do they get there? How do they start on that path to their own authenticity? Um, I would say, I mean, at the risk of sounding a little bit new agey, <laughs> Um, Meg and I have both over the past few years, um, we are both very spiritual and have, I think, done both a lot of work on, uh, becoming meditators and, you know, yoga and really going inside. I would say going inside is such a strong way of figuring out what your heart is actually telling you. Um, and again, at the risk of sounding new agey, I would say for me personally, um, and this is it's just not like a thing you go you know you sit down and meditate once and like know what you want in life and it's more of like an, a sure. constant constant an ongoing pursuit um but going inside closing eyes listening to what you really want to be building um why you want to do that why you want to do that is for me um just like the key ingredient to making sure that i'm authentic i'm living my most authentic authentic life and i'm also creating you know i'm also creating something that makes me happy on a day-to-day basis so that would be my two cents of advice when i grew up in high school i sold clothing on ebay and that was really important for me and you know and then i spent a long you know, a number of kind of years working on investing into different direct consumer um, companies, which were pretty much all on the consumer side. 
And there was this one summer where I had decided to intern at a a CDN company, a content distribution network. It was very enterprisey, very salesy. And Nina came to visit me. And she just said to me, like, why are you here? Like, what are you doing here? And I was there because I was at business school at the time in California. And all of my professors told me to go to a fast growing startup, which was valued up for a lot of money. And so I picked this company because it only had 50 people and it was valued at a billion dollars. And I had no idea really what they were doing, but you know, it was like really sexy and everyone else wanted to work there. So I was there as well. And it just really wasn't a good fit and it had nothing to do with anything I was really interested in. And then after business school, I went to work at Poshmark, which again, you know, I was selling clothing online. So there's like been a recurrent theme in my life of selling clothing online. Um, and so I think that that's like a good way of looking at authenticity. It's like, you know, sometimes we try and fit ourselves into a certain hole because it's sexy or other people say it's, you know, more popular and it just sometimes isn't a good fit. Maybe sometimes it is because it's about kind of approaching kind of new, um, new fields and seeing how they feel. Um, but I think for like, you know, many years of both of our lives, there were, you know, a number of leading indicators, which kind of led us towards this idea of like, finding simplicity through creating an apparel product, and eventually through um, creating a day. And I think in most people's stories, they will eventually find that sort of story and narrative, even if it's sometimes a little bit more muddled. Interesting. Listeners, what I would do as somebody who is on the beginning of my own path, but is able to take in advice directly here, and you're hearing it with me for the first time, is to take a few moments today or whenever you have it to maybe do a couple things. One, I think taking time to meditate is important. I'm not very good at it, and not because I don't know how to do it. I understand the mechanics, but I uh, just haven't figured out I haven't made the time. I've figured out how to do it all. I haven't made the time. And maybe that will help you, the listener, determine not only the correct path forward for something going on today, but also allow you to go inside and think about what your true journey should be. Perhaps it will help you figure out ways in which you can authentically show up to your to your customers, to your to your buyers, whatever it may be, in an easy way. Something that seems easy, logical, and, um, you know, as a result, something which probably brings you a great deal of success, as it has with the guests that we have had here today. It's been so great learning about your journey and and how to make this investment-grade clothing, which I really even didn't even know was a thing prior to uh, probably today, but uh, for educating me on that and also giving me this advice and telling some great stories along the way. Nina, Meg, it was fantastic talking with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having us, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Okay, so if you've listened this far and you're interested in checking A-Day out, I've got a code for you here, AUTHENTIC25. AUTHENTIC25, that'll get you $25 off orders over 100. So go check them out, thisisaday.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Thanks, Meg and Nina, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into the show today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, and I'll read them at the top of the show. And you can also find me elsewhere, of course, LinkedIn, at Authentic Avenue, or just Adam Connor. I'm also messing about on TikTok, at Authentic Adam, and you can also write me directly via email, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Say hello or recommend a guest or just tell me what you're thinking. 
This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.